0: Welcome to the Godcast. Welcome to the GodCast It is a lovely evening here tonight Um, Coming out of the GodCast headquarters As I've named my network here at my house Um, The last time I was with you I had given my testimony And I had spoken about my life uh, And I got a chance to give you guys a, a time where we can introduce myself to you all or reintroduce myself and we went over some things and we talked about um my upbringing what God did in my life how he saved me how he dealt with me and what has happened in the last several years concerning my family concerning my uh my according to the world my ex-wife but and in, uh, in God's mind it's still my wife uh she's still my wife the uh, ramifications of divorce and the uh, my children, and uh, spoke about that and what I was doing in my church and what I'm continuing to do, and uh, that was a midpoint uh, in which we're, uh, the last podcast was designed to reintroduce myself to the Bible-thumping wingnut network, and um, now that that's squared away, what I want to do is I want to clear up some mistakes, and uh, what what podcasters tend to do, and uh, I'm not sure of the percentages, but I listen to myself when I go back out and after I publish it, you know, should I edit them? Yeah, should I? But at the same time, I'm I'm looking at what I say as coming right out of um, the scripture, and uh, I, I do make mistakes, and I want to start off that way by clearing that up. Um, if you remember, towards the tail end of the last podcast, and I had referred to the marriage uh, chapter in Ephesians. I said Ephesians 6. That is incorrect. It is Ephesians chapter 5 that deals with the picture of marriage between Christ and his church and the human marriage between uh, a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. And uh, I want to clarify that because when you read Ephesians 6, you're going to read the armor of God. And um, that is, I wanted to... Start off by clarifying that, and I remember it clearly because I heard myself after I listened to it. So, I want to start off that way by apologizing. I don't want anybody to read Ephesians 6 thinking that they're going to find uh, marriage. Actually, it's not a bad chapter to read after chapter 5, obviously. You're going to get the fortification in chapter 6 uh, as well. So, there's that's nothing wrong with that. It's just I I made a small error in referring to the wrong chapter, and I want to make sure that we're correct when we go by um, the scripture. Um, so, last uh, the episode prior to last one was two weeks ago, in which I introduced the doctrine of salvation, and there are doctrines of salvation. Uh, just to recap, I'm going to read through a bunch of them, so that we know these words. Uh, substitution, redemption, reconciliation, propitiation, conviction, calling, election, predestination, sovereignty... Free will, grace, repentance, faith, regeneration, forgiveness, justification, sanctification, preservation, and glorification. So there's there's words that of which, um, in summation, these are not the all the words, but they're most of the words. Uh, some can be used interchangeably, um, but the uh, there are definitions to these words, and they're they are in the scripture. The doctrines are there. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be going over regeneration. Um, I'm going to be moving somewhat quickly. If not, I will be going uh, at a pace in which we, you have to get your Bible out, and I suggest you do that, uh, and I will, uh, we will go through this as not as quick as we can, but as uh, soundly as we can. I, I want to make sure that we um, we understand what it means. Regeneration is a great change in the soul. It cannot be separated from repentance towards God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of that faith, will be obedience to Jesus Christ as Lord. Regeneration is the communication of the divine nature to mankind by the operation of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. The only way we're going to come to know God is through the word of god and uh, there's no other way in which we can know about god unless we were to pick up and read it have somebody teach us and our teacher as we know in the, the new testament as we as throughout the scripture we have the teacher as the holy spirit our counselor our instructor and the spirit the holy spirit is also known as the spirit of jesus christ and we have descriptions of regeneration from the bible uh, one description is known as the new birth, or being born again, or born from above. And one indicator in which we know uh, is in John chapter 3, and that is the story of Nicodemus and Jesus. John 3, 3-7, through 7, I'll read that scripture. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, and and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Again, as I read these scriptures, I'm not necessarily uh, exegeting them, but I'm going to Refer to them as what regeneration is all about. Um, the word, when you read the word "born again," that's how you have that understanding. A man must be born again. He has to be born from above. That's the better rendering of it. And the, it's a new. It, the new birth is a new life. Uh, a new life in Jesus Christ, and that has to be done on the inside. It's an internal work of God. Um. So we have the descriptions. Uh, another description. So we have the new birth. Another description is a spiritual quickening or resurrection. Uh, We find that in Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 10, and more specifically in verse 2 and verse 10, and I'm going to read those scriptures there. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, so there's a deadness there, it needs to be made alive. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So we have the new birth, we have the spiritual quickening, or resurrection, and we have thirdly, we have the impartation of a new nature. We're gonna. Re- I'm gonna read 2 Peter verse one, in which underlines what a believer becomes and what he's about in the new birth. So, my notes here don't have justice here. I have the verse here, but I want to read the surrounding verses in which. Are not on my paper. Uh, they're in the scripture here. I'm going to read that. You know, didn't copy and paste everything, which is fine. I'm going to read. Just bear with me. I'll be there in a moment. Second Peter one. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior. Jesus Christ has received a faith as precious as ours. Actually, I'm going to stop there. What you have in that verse is imputation. You have the, through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we've received the faith. So that's, just by reading that verse, you have that there. Um, we have the, um, also um, here in verse 3, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And this is, these are the verses which we're looking at. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins." Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's a new nature that God gives us. We have that in verse 4. Become, we have a different version here that says, Become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Uh, fourthly, we have a spiritual translation. So another description would be a spiritual translation. Um, so what that means is that we've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, or brought into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. Um, we have that in Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Regeneration is an an instantaneous change; it occurs once. Back to Second Peter, um, we look here. Be, being partakers of the divine nature, we have a spiritual generation. So there's a there's a there's a new condition in the life of a believer. Um, we have a, a divine nature has been given to us a new life. Um, birth here is a condition of life there's physical life and there's spiritual life regeneration is an act it's not a process it's an act of god not an act of mankind it's not optional and it's absolutely mandatory it's god's work see when you when we read salvation here um, in god's word um, it there is a response of mankind but the 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 general understanding and what the scripture bears out is that God had to move first. In order for man to ever ever come to the saving knowledge or the saving faith, it's God's work. There's no way around it in the scriptures. Throughout these doctrines, you're going to learn that God is the one that moves in the mind, will, and heart of mankind. Those that he's going to influence, he's going to influence those that he came to save. Those are the ones that the, that the Lord Jesus died for, are the ones that the God the Father drew, that's going to draw to himself. Um, there's a, there's a limited atonement here in the scripture, and, uh, we'll, we'll be getting into that too, but as far as the, here in this, in this instance, we're talking about regeneration, uh, and as well as the rest of the doctrines, you're going to read that God is the one that does these things. He moves in the heart, he transforms the inside of a person, not the physical part, we're talking about the soul, we're talking about the spirit, and there's a complete change, um, the cause of regeneration is by the Holy Spirit, the power of God, by the truth of the Word of God as well. The Holy Spirit energizes truth. Wrong. That's a wrong concept. The change is wrought not in the truth, but in the soul. So there, there's, there are people that have gone out there that saying the Holy Spirit is the one that energizes the truth, and that's not that's not true. The truth of the Word of God is the fact that the person, the soul, is changed. Truth does not change. The person has to change. And that change is not done on their own volition. Not in their power. It's the power of God. It's God's work within the soul above the influence of truth. The Holy Spirit, the influence upon the heart. The truth to the intellect, an immediate act of God. And there's three instances of which we'll go here. Uh, at the, the Godhead, there is there is something very important that we, know, we have to understand here about uh, the Godhead involved in all of this. Uh, we read in 1 Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So you have there, you even actually have, in the midst of this verse, you have two of You have you have the work of God here, we have the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the Father, and you have the Holy Spirit here. But in this instance, in 1 Peter one three, we have um, God the Father being the one who has caused us to be born again to a living hope. And that's only according to His mercy. So, God didn't have to do that. That's really what this is actually saying. God doesn't have to save anyone. It's a miracle that He saves one person. It's a miracle that He saves you, if you're a redeemed person tonight, it's God's work. Because if it was a work of man, it would be utterly false and utterly um, wrong. It would be wrong. It's not, a, uh, it's not according to the scripture. Uh, we have God the Son who's, uh, in his uh, mind and how he's regenerated one, he's given us eternal life. My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And God the Holy Spirit, in Galatians 5, 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. To live a natural life presupposes a natural birth. To live the spiritual life presupposes a spiritual birth. And we have the example here of depravity. Depravity has separated man from God. So there's a condition that we're born in. We're born in sin, and in order for a person to come to the knowledge of the truth, they have to be given the truth. In order to, be, in order for a dead sinner to be awakened, they have to be given life. Uh, now, a child when he comes into this world, when he's born, um, there's they have to be, they have to be tapped. They have to be tapped in the back. They have to be made alert to what's going on. They come out of the womb, and there's a. Uh, doctor's going to do, do something there to have the child begin to breathe. It's not that the doctor does anything. It's it's the fact that now that child's instead of breathing in that water and having the umbilical cord there, the, the umbilical cord is gone, and we have a, a living soul that's outside of the womb and has to learn how to breathe and has to do all those things right away. It's critical because if the child doesn't breathe, if we don't hear that cry, uh, we have a problem. Um, so here... um to live the spiritual life it presupposes a spiritual birth so th- there's got to be a birth there's got to be a, a new uh, an act of god in which causes a person to say you know what I'm uh, I'm I'm in need of you uh, there's a there's an act of god it's it's the in- inside working when the truth of god's word uh, it works inside the soul of a person and god puts that in the person to repent puts that in the, their mind to believe and uh, man thinks in a general sense that they did something well the scripture doesn't teach that it's god's work in the heart and uh here we have a an instance in which uh i'm backtracking here in terms of timelines um man is born in sin he's born separated from god There's a broken fellowship that's there um depravity is total being totally depraved there's no they're 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 dark in their understanding of god they're there's no idea what, who God is, and there's, um, there's, they're all wrapped up in their sin as an unbeliever. So I'm going to read a scripture from Ephesians 4 that is, it's encouraging to the believer, but it's also a reminder of what the unbeliever is like and what the unbeliever used to be, if they are a believer today. Ephesians 4, 17 and 19. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk... So this, in terms of the when you read the word walk here, it's talking about how you live. Um, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding. Those are those, this is, That's the most critical point here. Excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. So you have a darkened understanding. You have exclusion from the life of God, and you have the ignorance that's there. And you also have hardness of heart. In verse nineteen, say that, and they have been become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality, for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. So all of these descriptions that refer to the depravity of man um, here in Ephesians, the, the actual context is saying to the Ephesian believers, is to. Not to walk like the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Don't walk, don't walk in the emptiness. Or don't walk in that way of living that you used to walk. This is a, you're coming out of that. That's what he's telling the Ephesian believers. Um, you need to get away from that. Um, God and mankind are at a variance. There's a separation there. Mankind disagrees with God. Mankind is in conflict with God. And a change must take place so the change that must take place is uh, understood as there's there, if if there's a change that has to take place it's man that has to change god as we know is another doctrine in god's word that god is immutable he cannot change he there's no uh, there's no way he can change and the man has to change man's born in sin he has a broken fellowship with god he has to come to the understanding that he is the one that's the sinner that is in uh, in the hands of an angry God, and I, I know I'm reading, um, not that I'm reading, I'm quoting the uh, the what the what the one of the oldest preachers has said in the 1700s was Jonathan Edwards. Um, but the here we have the uh, we have the scripture here. An example is James one seventeen. Um, it just describes who God is, and that's all. All these scriptures that I'm listing, it's going to just describe what God is and what He does. And what man is and what he what he does. Um, in verse 17 of James 1, we have, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Man must change. There can be no salvation without reconciliation to God. That's another doctrine there, which it's a thorough and complete change. So regeneration uh, is a new birth. And in the mind, and what we see here... Um, in the evidence of a believer, it's seen on the outside as a person who's dead to the Scripture, once dead to the Scripture, once dead to Jesus Christ, dead to everything pertaining to the life of, uh, of godliness, has now become made alive. There's a, there's new desires, there's new wants, there's new um Desires to please God, desire to love their brother and sister in the faith, desire to tell other people about what God has done in their heart and life. And regeneration, that's an that's an effect of regeneration. Um, man's mind, excuse me, there could be no salvation without, I read that already in my notes here. Man's mind in regeneration um, is also in activity in the view of the truth. So, an unbeliever... Prior to salvation, they're gonna look at God's word and say that yeah, that's just a book. Oh, that's just a whole bunch of made up stuff that uh, that God gave to us. But who cares? Or a uh, man wrote that. God didn't give this. That there's no uh, an unbeliever has no understanding of what inspiration is. There's ignorance there. We read that earlier. Um, sinner's mind, and this is this is a key point which I wanna to give give to you tonight because this is really the. The theme of what my uh, podcast is all about here, uh, this particular point. So, if you haven't listened, or if you've, or if I've drained on a little on and on and on, right now would be a good time to really hone in on what I'm going about to say here. So, man's mind in regeneration is an activity in view of the truth. So they view the truth as just truth, or they view it as man's word, or they view it as um, man wrote the Bible. They view it as that means nothing. It's it's antiquated. Um, all those things it does there's no desire they can't please God nor can they nor do they want to um, they're not it's, it's impossible for them to please God. so with that the job of the believer is to bring the sinner to bring the unbeliever to their mind must be brought to the con- with in contact with the truth. So I want to read that again because I kind of fumbled it up there. The sinner's mind must be brought into contact with truth. So if someone's in sin or someone is a sinner, they need to know that they need to be aware that there is a Savior and they are in desperate need of Him. That has to be brought to their attention. Without that being brought to their attention, what did John the Baptist say? What did Jesus Christ Himself say? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, if he didn't say that, he would just go walk up at them and say, Hi, you want to have a new life? Hi, I have a wonderful plan for your life. I love you. No. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, "Repent." John the Baptist said, "Repent." Peter said, "Repent." Um, these are this is this is what's important in terms of what uh, I'm making the point on regeneration here is the fact that the sinner's mind must be in, brought in contact with the truth. You need to be regenerated. You need to be redeemed. You need to be sanctified. You need to be justified. You need to be reconciled to God. All of these all of these terms are found in the New Testament here. Um, it's the it's God's way of being efficient, going right to the heart of the matter. A sinner needs a savior that has to be introduced. Um, the activity of mankind here in Second Corinthians 4.2, it says here from Paul, he's saying, Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly. By setting forth the truth plainly, that's the key word there, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience to the sight of God. Here's a quote. Christian work is successful only as it commends the truth to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Faith must be exercised. The written word received and believed. The scripture here in, in James 1.18, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of a firstfruits of all he created. Who chose to do that? God did that. God chose to give us birth through the word of truth. The only way we're going to be reborn, we're going to be born again, or any sinner, any unbeliever is going to be born again, is through the word of truth. God's word, the gospel. Jesus Christ himself is the word. That's the only way we're going to come to the new birth, the understanding of who, where we are before God. And the fact that we've been dead all these years, God is the one who makes us alive, and we believe. That's all a work of God. 1 Peter 23, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. So, how critical is the Word of God to be exposed, to be shared with the sinner? Very important. We can't just lead them in a prayer and say, Hey, bow your head, ask Jesus into your heart. You ask him for forgiveness, you're good. That is not scriptural. It is very, very poor witnessing. Might be good in the sense of the uh, an appeal to the sinner, but we really shouldn't be doing that because the scripture says the word of God. Uh, another indicator in which we need to understand, and I'll give an example, Um uh, an example, this will be indirect. I, I'm going to try to not to refer, refer to somebody here, but the more person opens up that scripture and truly wants to be taught, is going to ask God to teach them. Lo and behold, someone's going to come along and show them God's word. There's a, a hunger for the truth. That there's a, there's a, there is a desire to want to learn God's word. There's a desire to say, well, I need to know what that means. Let me go look that up. And... There are tools out there that we can use to study the Word of God. There are concordances that we look on there, and there are brothers in the past that have written down these things. Um, there were people that uh, believers that had their com- own commentary on the Scripture. Not that commentaries are the end all be all to everything, because 'cause they're, we're men and we're 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 fallible in the sense that we may say things the wrong way and might be taken the wrong way. And there are people that are way off and they leave the Scriptures and they interpret or they eisegete and they read into the text what they want it to be um, It's to be an exegete is to take out what's out of the text and the context the book uh, the section of scripture where they add the chapter to the verse and we take it out we go to the historical context and all those things and the the, the book has a solid theme as to what's going on here and the word of god is the only way we're going to understand what salvation is all about I mean, we, can someone be saved without having the Word of God in front of them? Yes, but at the same time, I say that cautiously because the thief on the cross didn't have a Bible in front of him, but he had Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. So we really can't get around it, can we? So when it comes to the Word of God, it's, in this day and age, it is very important that we share the Word of God. And I just want to make sure I, I said that clearly because it might have come across the wrong way. The word of God is critical. The word of God is critical to sharing it, critical to explaining it. And when we read a section of scripture, we need to explain it. Now, I know I quoted a lot in the last couple of minutes, and I didn't exegete them. I'll be honest with you; I have them listed here, ready to go. But I read them before I come on. But the, you know, to to isolate one of those verses and to expound them um, is, is another way to uh, understand God's word. But for the Person who doesn't know that the person who does not know an inkling of what the Bible says, they need to be brought to attention of their sin. They need to be brought to the attention of the need for Jesus Christ and what He already has accomplished, and uh, that that in uh, what itself is the the result of their sin, and that what needs to be brought to them what the future holds for those who don't believe. Um, is, the, is the end in which God will judge the sinner and cast him into outer darkness or cancer, cast him into the lake of fire. And uh, this, is, this is a reality of hell. And uh, not to scare people, but to, to bring them to the point that only God can put anyone in hell, both body, soul, and spirit. Um, moving back to the topic here, regeneration, it's through the word of God. Without the word of God, we're not going to know who God is. Um, I think tonight, I think I'm going to stop it there. Um, so to recap, back to the beginning, what I was talking about, regeneration, we're going to read that definition once more so that we have an understanding, is a great change in the soul. You're being made alive, born again, born from above aspects of regeneration are repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ we have a spiritual quickening as we read in the King James or a resurrection a resurrection of the of the soul and spirit you know we're born dead in our sins we need to be made alive we have a new nature that God gives us we have a spiritual translation in that we've come out of darkness into God's marvelous light we've come out of the Domain of darkness into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a move that God does in us. Also, it's an instantaneous change. Our life is changed. It's an act, not a process. It's an act of God, not an act of mankind. It's not optional. It's absolutely mandatory. And it's through the work of the Holy Spirit, of the power of God. So the work of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit... It's all God's move. It's all that He does in us. Um, There's uh, prior to that, we have man who's depraved. Um, God and mankind have a broken fellowship. Man is in conflict with God. A change must take place. Man must change. God does not change. So in regeneration, it's in in view of the truth of the Word of God. The written Word of God is believed and received. There's an understanding, and no matter way the, no matter what, no matter how the word of God hits a person, a believer is going to be hit hard. They're going to receive it hard, but they're also going to take it in strides. They're going to say, you know what, that is me. The script, wow, that I was that, or wow, I am that. I need to change. There's got to be a change, and a believer always goes back to the word of God. Always goes back and says, you know what, oh, I messed up here. God, I I need uh, forgive me. There's a relationship that God establishes. A relationship between himself and the the believer. And that relationship is every single day. There's not a day you can go by without going without the Word of God. And that's another evidence of the of a true believer is that there's a conviction that comes over as well. There's a new life. The old things have passed away. The old way of living is gone. The callousness is gone, the corruption is gone, the uh, evil thinking is gone, the sin dominating the heart of a life is gone. Um, new desires have come in, as I've said before, and um, it's the effect of regeneration. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in the um, in the next podcast of what regeneration does. And uh, I believe we should finish up next week if if there's no. If there is no way I can finish it, we'll, we'll keep going. I mean, this I do have several pages on this. So I want to wrap up tonight on what we went over in regeneration. I just want to open it up out there also. You know, you could always email me at livebiblestudies412 at gmail.com. You know, actually, I have to check that. But the you also can reach me on my Facebook page, The Godcast with Josh Fritz. You also can reach me out on the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Um, there. Uh, I do have my testimony there. I also, um, in the coming weeks, I should be uh, developing a blog. I'll will see to it. If I can't, then this is the only place in which we'll talk. But the you can always email me. I'm I'm better that way, and uh, or message me on Facebook. I can, I do better by promptly responding to messages there. If there are any questions, I know some have asked me questions on. Uh, particular issues in my life uh, regarding marriage that's come across my way. Um, I'll answer those questions if I can in a future podcast. We'll talk about that. Um, again, no, as I stressed in the last one, when we talked about marriage, I, I do not feel it is in my utmost uh, desire to to share any tips on marriage or other than to read the scripture, other than to... Uh, in fact, if I got asked a question, that's all I would do is read the scripture because um, my life, I feel, is inadequate in that sense because of what's happened in my life. And we, I did touch on that the last time, but uh, in terms of what the scripture says about salvation and what God has done through Jesus Christ and through the work of the Holy Spirit and God the Father Himself, there there is a a Godhead that we know in God's Word that uh, has been very active in salvation. And uh, as, we, uh, as we deal with these things in the Scripture, we have to love it, because uh, without salvation, without God's work, we would n- never be saved. And God's graciousness and kindness has been given to us. So I do want to thank you tonight, tonight for uh, spending time with me and going over the Scripture and going through the, the word of what regeneration is. It's a new life. It's new birth. It's being born from above. It's God's work in our heart, uh, being made alive. Uh, to the doctrines of God. It's also being made alive, to having a, 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 being aware, spiritually aware of a relationship that now we have with God, being born of God. And uh, I hope and I trust that uh, this has been informative and it might help you. And uh, I'll close this session out in uh, in prayer. Father, I thank you for tonight, for giving me the time and the energy to go through the, the, the scripture here. And I trust that those who listen would depend upon you for the answers that they need, and the Holy Spirit would teach them and the uh, that they might find this a, a great time where your, your Word can go over and we can be encouraged and we can also, Father, know that uh, you've done a great work in bringing people to yourself, and I trust that your name will be praised and honored in everything that we all say and we do, and that we might be consistent and that we might carry out the, the principles of the, the Word of God. We thank you for your word, which we know will accomplish the purpose in which it gets sent out, and uh, we know that it won't come back void. and uh, I thank you for that, and we pray that as we hear your word, that we might follow through in it. and I do pray for those that are lost tonight, that might have listened, that you might bless them with salvation, that you might grant to them repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. and I, I thank you for all that you do. We thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. Everyone, have a good night. I will see you next week. God bless you.